0: People are willing to pay quite a bit more for things that they've put together themselves versus something that's been put together for them. So, when we collaborate with our buyers in our conversations, we're adding more value to the conversations and they see more value in the solutions as a result.
1: Three, two, one, two, ignition, lift off. Ending small business failure.
2: Calling all authors, speakers, coaches, and consultants. Join me in Philadelphia, September 21st to the 23rd for Brand in Demand Live. Learn how to dominate on the national stage. It's time for you to unleash your brand's power. Register today. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chef podcast. We hope you're watching on my Small Biz Lady fan page on Facebook or on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe, leave a comment, Tell us if there's a topic you want us to discuss on the show. I'm sure I know an expert who can give us the deets on it. And don't forget to listen to the Small Biz Chat podcast, which comes out every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to listen to audio in your ear. So I am back with my guest. Her name is Carol Mahoney. Carol is the author of Buyer First, Grow Your Business with Collaborative Selling. Carol is changing the way the entire sales industry sees itself and how buyers see it too. She's been called the sales therapist by Harvard Business School, where she coaches sales for their entrepreneurial MBA program. She's also the president of AAISP Boston and has been named a top sales influencer by LinkedIn and sales hacker and voted a top sales coach by Ambition. With the heart of a teacher and the spirit of a coach, she is ready to share how you can unlock sales success that you never thought possible. For more information, go to Carol dot com. Carol, welcome to the Small
0: Business Chat Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh gosh,
2: I am so happy that you are here. You you gave me an early version of Buyer First, and so I'm so excited that it's finally out because. I really, really loved your book. So now, Carol, let's just start at the beginning. How did you become an entrepreneur?
0: I think it was in my DNA. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, right? My grandfather had his own welding business and as well as a sporting goods store. My mother had her own painting business. My father was an artist and made all of like, in the 70s, all the murals that you would see on the hippie VW van buses, like those were the kinds of things that he did. And so, you know, working a nine to five job in my family was a foreign concept. And so when I went to college and then worked a nine to five job, they were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> but my plan was to always start my own business. And when two thousand and seven crashed and I got laid off, my five year plan to open my business became a six month plan. And that's how it all started,
2: yeah, i think I think o seven o eight changed a lot of people's lives, and my my prayer is that we don't go back to that because that was a super ugly time. Now, let's talk about sales. Yeah, it seems really about your mindset. is Is like if your mindset's bad, you are not gonna get results. Is that Is that pretty much what you
0: teach? Pretty much the the research and the psychology behind it is called the theory of reasoned action or the theory of planned behavior. And basically, what it says is you can know exactly the right words to say and the right process and techniques. But if you get in the moment in a conversation with your buyer and you find yourself bailing out of those tough conversations or asking those tough questions. It's because your beliefs and mindsets are not supporting you in that action. And that's what the theory of reasoned action says is that it is your attitudes towards a task that will dictate how you will perform that task if you do it at all. And so how we think about things absolutely becomes the behaviors that we have and the behaviors that we have lead to the results that we get.
2: I completely get that. Well, has the human aspect of sales been lost? Because I feel like sometimes you deal with salespeople and they are so aggressive or like the second I look at some information on a website, somebody is calling my phone and it's like, dude, wait a minute. I was just trying to get some information to decide if I wanted to even talk to you. And they don't even give you a chance to decide that because they are all over you. And I know that the sales and may technology, enables people to do that, but is that really converting? Because it turns me off entirely.
0: And you know, and you're absolutely right. It is not working. If you look at the studies from LinkedIn and their state of sales report, as well as countless other research studies, buyers are completely turned off by the way salespeople act. We don't like the pushy, slimy, sleazy sales tactics. If you've read Daniel Pink's book, To Sell as Human, Seven out of 10 of us see sales as that used car salesman that we all despise having to deal with. And the sad thing is, is you can still go onto a car lot and it's the exact same salesperson that's there. And that's what really forms our mindsets about what sales is all about. So when we go into business for ourselves and we think I have to do sales, we're like, I ain't doing that. I ain't going to be that. But it still creeps in. And so we try the automated email sequences. We try the, you know, spamming everybody that we know on LinkedIn anything that we can do to try and get more customers and clients, and we don't even realize that we're doing the same behaviors that we despise in other people. And so we've lost that human aspect. And the thing of it is this, sales, the definition of sales is an exchange of value. Sales isn't something that we do to other people. I'm going to sell you on this. Like, when has anyone ever wanted to say that statement? But sales is really something that we do with other people. It's an exchange. It's a collaboration. It's a conversation between two human beings which, you know, the conversations that most salespeople have is they do all of the talking, tell you how wonderful they are, how the competitor is horrible and why you should buy their stuff right now, or you're going to miss out on blah, 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 blah. And it's just not how we make decisions as humans. It's not how we like to interact as humans. And the whole idea of technology today is to hope to make a human connection faster and easier to happen. And instead, it's actually made us further apart. What do buyers value? This is my favorite question, because... We think that buyers value things like huge return on investment and low costs and savings and things like that, which are all important part of the decision-making process. But what buyers really value, if you've read uh, Deb Calvert's book, To Stop Selling and Stop Leading, they interviewed 530 BDB business buyers to find out what are the kinds of behaviors that buyers actually prefer in salespeople and they prefer to be collaborated with. They prefer to be challenged, to think about their problems and the options to solve those problems in a different way. And they want people that are going to collaborate with them to come up with new solutions. These are the things that buyers value. And unfortunately, it's the exact opposite of what most salespeople do. We feel we need to pitch. We need to give our value proposition. We need to give our elevator pitch and convince you of why you should do this thing. But if you've heard of the Ikea effect or or even Ikea, that furniture store, you put together all of the stuff yourself. There was a Harvard study that was done to find out, do people place more value in things that they've actually helped to co-create? And what they found is that people are willing to pay quite a bit more for things that they've put together themselves versus something that's been put together for them. So when we collaborate with our buyers in our conversations, we're adding more value to the conversations and they're seeing more value in the solutions as a result.
2: I love it. I love it. That is really, really good advice.
0: So tell me about your book, Buyer First. So, Buyer First is a book that I wrote. It's actually the book that I wish that I had when I first started my business in 2007. I had actually started a marketing agency because I despised the idea of sales so much that I thought the internet was going to make it easy for me to help businesses to grow by making salespeople obsolete. But what I found was that we still need human beings to help us feel confident and comfortable making, especially big decisions and making big changes. And so what I also found was happening is that my clients in my marketing agency were getting a ton of leads from their website, but they weren't closing any sales, which means they weren't actually growing. And I started to wonder why that is and what is happening in those sales conversations that's causing buyers to opt out, even though they've raised their hands for help. And that's what Buyer First is really all about. It's for the small business owner, the entrepreneur, or the salesperson in a company who's tried everything. Every tip, every trick, every hack, you've seen these books behind me, every sales process known to man, but don't understand why the things that seem to work for everyone else in these books doesn't seem to work for them. And what they don't realize, it's their mindsets that are getting in the way of sales. And there's very specific mindsets that are getting in the way of executing on the behaviors that buyers value most, which is that collaboration. And so in the book, we talk about what are those mindsets? How do they impact us? But more importantly, how do we change them? And then what are the behaviors that we need to adapt to make our buyers feel understood, heard, and at the same time, build our businesses together?
2: I think that that is such a valuable thing that I don't know if everyone's thinking about that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. But tell me, what are the most common
0: misconceptions
2: that you think business owners have about sales?
0: There's so many of them, but one of the biggest ones that I encounter is that business owners believe that people need to like me in order to buy from me. It's a common misconception. We hear it all the time. If people don't like you, they're not going to want to buy from you. And what that really means is that you can't be a jerk to someone and expect that they're going to want to do business with you. You, Of course, you need to be a human being and have tact and grace. But it goes over to a bad side when people are free to challenge their buyers in the questions that they ask or... They're worried about how something is going to impact me. They're worried about how am I going to look in this conversation? Do they think that I'm smart enough for them to be able to buy from me? Because we're so wrapped up in ourselves and our products and our services. And what are they going to think of me? That we end up becoming the yes person, right? The person that says yes to everything. Oh, yes, of course I can do that. Yeah, I can do that too. And I can do that and I can do it all for less. And we end up spreading ourselves too thin. But also what we're doing is it's making it hard for our buyers to trust us. Because how many people have ever trusted the person that says yes to everything? The yes man and woman? We don't trust that person because we don't know what they stand for. They never say no to anything. They don't have any boundaries. And so when you think in sales that people need to like you in order to buy from you, be careful because that can get in your way of actually having a collaborative conversation with your buyer that gets them to think differently about something.
2: Mm -hmm. I I completely agree with you. So what do you think is the number one thing that business owners can do today to have better sales conversation.
0: Stop making it about you. I have these t-shirts that I wear a lot. They're black and white and uh, the the letters not about you are printed upside down on the t-shirt so that the person looking down and wearing it can be reminded it's not about you. It's about the other person. It's about their thoughts, their wants, what they think is going on, what's worked, what hasn't worked for them. Because people like to talk about the things that they think. So when we make it not about us, there's another aspect to this whole need for approval and talking all about ourselves all the time is that when we talk about ourselves, there was a study done at Harvard in 2012. Neuroscientists found that when we talk about ourselves, that we get dopamine flooding through our brains. And what that is, it creates pleasure for us. We love talking about ourselves so much that the participants in the study were offered money to stop talking about themselves, but ignored the money and kept talking about themselves like you couldn't pay them enough to shut up. Exactly. And so (laughs) The thing of it is, is that part of our brain where the dopamine is released is the part of our brain where we also form relationships, where we form bonds and where we form trust. So if we can get our buyers to talk more about themselves than we talk about ourselves, that's how we start to build trust with them. That's how we start to collaborate with them. Um, And so if you can remember as a salesperson, as a business owner who has to sell yourself, which is even more difficult to do. The more you can make it about the other person and less about you, the better the conversation will go.
2: I love it. I love it. When we come back, we're going to be talking with more with Carol Mahoney about how to boost your sales. This is the Small Biz Chat podcast, and we will be right back. Are you thinking about starting your dream business this summer? Well, listen, I'm going to be teaching my Become Your Own Boss course starting June 20th. It is going to be live. Every week for 10 weeks, I'm going to give you what you need to make a successful transition from having a job to starting a business. So don't do this alone. Let me walk you through my proven system to start your dream business. All right, head over to smallbizladyuniversity.com and get all the details. Classes start June 20th. Welcome back, everybody, to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and I'm so excited to be here today with Carol Mahoney. She is talking to us about her new book, Buyer First. All right, Carol, I got a big question for you.
0: How do you know when it's the right time to hire a salesperson? This is a big question because a lot of business owners try to hire a salesperson so that they don't have to do the sales part themselves because they don't like the idea of doing sales. And the reason that if you're hiring a salesperson because you don't want to do sales yourself, and that is the only reason, it is not a good reason. There's a couple of reasons why. One, Mindsets are contagious. How you think about sales, what your beliefs are around sales are going to be contagious to the rest of your team, because if you have a negative mindset towards sales, their team is 355% more likely to hold those same beliefs. And that's going to undermine their success without you even knowing it. But if you can adopt positive beliefs about sales, then that's going to impact your team in a positive way at a thousand percent. And those teams will perform more likely. So, first, make sure your head's right about sales before you think about hiring a salesperson for that. And then the second thing to consider when you're thinking about hiring a salesperson is what kind of environment are they going to come into? What kind of onboarding can you supply, and what kind of support and development can you give them? And at the same time, how how are they what skills do they need to have to be successful in this role? Have they sold at these price points before? Are they familiar with this particular buyer? Are they comfortable in the type of environment that they're going to go into? And then also consider how are they going to get business? Are you going to be sending leads to them? Do they need to develop their own leads? These are things to take into consideration as to how and who you're going to hire. Also think about the volume in your business now. If you're selling in your business now and you're at a point where you can't grow and scale because there's no, there's no more hours left in the day, that's the time to think about hiring a salesperson. And I would hire a salesperson before you hire a delivery person because sales is something you can teach relatively quickly to people who have the right attitudes and mindsets about it. I love it. All right. Last question. How do you get over your
2: misconception of sales? If, you, if you're just like, ah, oh, sales is sleazy, slimy.
0: How do you get over that? So first is to repeat this mantra to yourself. Sales is not something I do to other people. It is something that I do with them. Just as you would have a conversation with anyone about any situation that they're having, there's a back and forth that, that goes there. So it is less about having the exact right pitch and product, which is what a lot of people think sales is all about. And it is more about being comfortable, having a conversation and asking tough and thought-provoking questions. Some of the other things that you can do to help you get more comfortable in sales. One of the things I would say is build up your own self-confidence by acknowledging the things that you've done well in the past to build your confidence to do new things in the future as well as making that all about them. Because when we make sales all about us and what we need to do and what we want, we want from other people, it makes sales difficult. But when we make sales all about others, the buyer first, then it's no longer about us. It's not about, it's not about rejection. It's not about wondering what they think about us because it really doesn't have anything to do with us. Sales becomes pushy, slimy, and sleazy when we make it all about ourselves. I agree. And what is the best business advice you've ever been given? The best business advice I got when I first started my business was that you cannot manage time. You can only prioritize it. That's like trying to take sand and hold on to it for a long period of time in the wind. It just doesn't happen. We all get the same 24 hours in the day. It's what you do with those hours and how you prioritize those things to align with your goals. That's how you start to get progress and success. I love it. Carol Mahoney, thank you
2: so much for being here. I can't wait to see the final version of your book buyer first and hang out with us we're going to bring you back in a few but next when we come back we're going to be talking with a sales expert who's going to uh, excuse me a tax expert who's going to help us with what we all need to know about sales taxes you're watching the small biz chat podcast and we will be right back Calling all authors, speakers, coaches, and consultants! Join me in Philadelphia, September twenty-first to the twenty-third, for Brand in Demand Live. Learn how to dominate on the national stage. It's time for you to unleash your brand's power. Register today!
1: Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat podcast with Melinda Emerson. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, SucceedAsYourOwnBoss.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.